Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Keeping Up Appearances, the luxury podcast. This is the companion podcast for exploring the world of Hyacinth Bouquet in the hit BBC sitcom Keeping Up Appearances. My name's Jonathan Vernon-Smith, with me as always, William Hansen. Hello, Jonathan and I are here because we absolutely love Keeping Up Appearances and we want you to fall in love with it as much as we do. In each episode of this luxury podcast, William and I will take you through an episode of Keeping Up Appearances, delving deep into the world of the bouquets. Today is the seventh episode of the third series, probably one of the best episodes ever produced. Let's hope we can say the same for this episode. Do take us through the synopsis, please. The Harold Snowed synopsis, William. Hyacinth plans a nautical supper on a boat lent to her by the parents of one of Sheridan's friends. Being Hyacinth, she naturally assumes that it's going to be a magnificent craft and is horrified to discover it's really a nautical version of Onslow's old banger. <laughs> she realises that they will have to use it. They've already invited Elizabeth and Emmett, but is anxious that it should be moved away from its present mooring, where it looks even worse because it is alongside some very smart and expensive craft. Unfortunately, the process of moving it becomes a nightmare. (laughs) Here we go. It is a fabulous episode. It's lovely. It starts away from the telephone again. We have the television repairman. It's got, this is again, it's a little vignette. It's got absolutely nothing to do with the rest of the episode, Mm. but it's quite funny. She wants the television man to come round and to put one of those little beep machines on to beep out all the expletives. Which, again, and I think I've said this to you uh, before off off microphone, that when I was growing up watching this episode, because I actually I think this this was the very first episode of Keeping Up Appearances I ever watched. I can remember coming down, I couldn't sleep. I came down to tell my parents that I couldn't sleep, as children often do, and they were watching this episode, and they said, "Well, just sit here and watch this episode, and then you can go to bed when it's finished." Little did they know 
what effect that that would have on their child. What and time it, were you put to bed? Well, I would have been... So this aired in 93. And what time was it on? Well, I don't know. Or maybe they were watching repeat. I think it was 93, but it was it was definitely in the ni- early 90s. Let's look it up. I... <laughs> And this was obviously in the days before sort of, you know, Paul's Play TV. This was You sort of watched it when it was on. Or, or maybe they recorded it on VHS. I don't know. I'd have to ask them. But I do remember the ending of this episode and seeing Hyacinth go overboard and finding that, as a five-year-old, very, very funny. I think it was a Sunday that it used to air. I can't find that information, William, oh. but maybe one of our bucket heads will let us know. Yes. Put it on a, on a letter with a first-class stamp. Yes, only first-class for us. Indeed. Um, so TV Man comes, when I was watching this as a child, as I was in the middle of saying, um, before we got distracted by TV listings, I did think that you could actually have a machine installed over a television to make it go bleep. Bless you. But I was a child. I was, I was, yes. What, what was I to know? Exactly. Yes. You just had that very expensive private education. Exactly. Why should you know those kinds of basic common sense things? Precisely. <laughs> um, the man is told to remove his, his shoes because uh, he is going to be standing on grade one Axminster. Yes. Which has been royal warranted. And he's got a hole in his sock. Shall I come in? If you promise not to brush against my walls. <laughs> They've recently been redecorated up to and beyond British standards. <laughs> Now, wipe your shoes. On second thoughts, you better remove them. But I've... No, you'll be perfectly all right. You'll be standing on Grade 1 Axminster. Actually, Royal Warranted, I don't know if the Royal Warrant is mentioned in the episode, but I looked up Axminster carpets, and they are Royal Warranted from our late Queen. Very exclusive carpets. Yes. Very. So that's nice. The, in fact, the entire hallway has recently been redecorated up to and beyond British standards. British standards. Um, my lawnmower, yes. I have a very, very nice old-fashioned lawnmower mm. from, I think, probably the 1980s. Okay. And it still has a sign on the side of it that says British standard. <gasps> my lawnmower is up to and exceeds British standards. <laughs> Isn't that lovely? I think that's nice. There's an Onslow, Daisy and Rose scene. Um, I'm not sure really that it was essential, but I think it was just really to keep them in the episode. Yes, they were probably getting paid anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And Because they Ms. don't appear again, really, do they? No, and we meet Mr Bartholomew. Mr Bartholomew is shy and quiet. Great. Lovely. Irrelevant, really, to the episode. Hyacinth is now on the phone to the meteorological office. She needs the shipping forecast because, for the first time in the episode, we learn that Hyacinth and Richard... Are going yachting. Is that the meteorological office? <laughs> Good morning to you. And she will not embark on an expedition of this magnitude without the right preparations. <laughs> <laughs> Including phoning the meteorological office to get the shipping forecast. And there's a sort of a, 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 a callback to a previous episode in this series where she adopts the, the, the late Queen's sort of catchphrase as it were my husband and I but on in this episode she really puts on the my mm. husband and I yes uh, as she does it we cut to Elizabeth and Emmett who it becomes apparent have been invited to also go on this yacht yes and Emmett is fed up of of talking about yachts and hearing about yachts 
to be on board one old bucket with another old bucket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very, very <laughs> true. nice line. Hyacinth and Richard are then seen packing their clothes to go on the yachting trip. Yes, or, well, Hyacinth isn't really packing. She's standing there with a list as Richard brings things to her. Yes. Uh, ticking things off. And there is the first mention of your favourite word. The seafaring serviceable jersey. He must have a seafaring serviceable jersey. What in your mind is a seafaring serviceable jersey? It's one of those rustic kind of big thick woolen ones, isn't it? Mm. A blue sailor's jersey. That's navy what. blue? Oh, I think so. Yes. You're yeah. in navy blue today. I am. This is not a serviceable seafaring jersey. No, that wouldn't. No. no. This is cotton for a start. Yes, that would do nothing if you were being tossed on the open waves. <laughs> <laughs> There is is discussion about the difference between a boat and a yacht because Hyacinth obviously has upgraded the boat to a yacht. I do wish you would stop referring to it as a boat. The word is yacht, dear. It's the least you can do when Sheridan's made arrangements for us to spend the weekend on his friend's father's yacht. You know what I'm like. I do, I do. What do you think I googled? When does a boat become a yacht? Yes. When do you think a boat becomes a yacht? I would say a boat becomes a yacht when it is over a certain length. Yes. What is that? I don't know. You can answer in feet or metres. Oh. Um, I would say when it's over 20 feet. Higher. 30 feet. Higher. 40 feet. Lower. 35 feet. Lower. 32 feet. Higher. 33 feet. Correct. Hey! Oh, wasn't that fun, Bucketheads? <laughs> and it has also to be uh, got to be judged to have a good aesthetic quality. Oh, I see. So that's, that's the other little criteria. There's another quick Onslow, Rose and Daisy scene. Mr. Bartholomew is on the scene. And I think there is a point, isn't there, a little later on where... It's suggested that maybe Rose might like to bring Mr. Bartholomew to the yacht. Yes, because he sounds appropriate for a nautical buffet. Yeah, they they never turn up, do they? No, they and they they sort of they're in the first half and they're not not in the rest of the episode, which is fine by me because there's a lot of other fun stuff going on. Oh my word! It's only just getting going. Don't forget the ship's biscuits, dear. <laughs> and the weevils. What is a ship's biscuit? Tell us, William, please. Well, often known as hard tack. Hard what? Tack. T-A-C-K. Hard tack. That's, it's a nautical term. Don't, don't talk to me. Answers to the first sea lord. Uh, the ingredients were stone ground flour, water and salt, which were mixed into a stiff dough, baked in a hot oven for 30 minutes and then left to harden. Right. Yes. Sounds delicious. I was going to say, and what was the point of this? Well, I think probably when you were out at sea... You could sort of have quite a lot of them. They didn't go off. You could right. sort of be loaded up with a ship's biscuit. Yeah. And they were good sustenance. I have a feeling um, rats quite like ship's biscuits. I have a feeling because oh. it was sort of easy to, to gnaw at and nibble away. But, um, yeah, Hyacinth wants Richard to pack the ship's biscuits. Again, I don't know what sort of expedition she thinks they're going on. Have you um, had any experience of rats recently? <laughs> yes, Jonathan, yes, I have. <laughs> have you? Last winter, yes. but my very executive rat man resolved the rat problem. Who, very briefly today, also became my executive rat Has man. Has my rat man visited you? It hasn't visited. We had a telephone conversation. Right. A yes. cons- it's an executive rat consultation. As he was driving. I see. Yes. Is he going to come and 
kill them? Uh, potentially. Right. He's very expensive. You were invested. He's reassuringly expensive. Okay, good. Um, he, uh, I know what he charges for a rat gate. Let's put it that way. A rat gate? Yes. What's not, 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 not a little picket fence to let them in. You it's know, like come a, on in. Like a baby gate, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's where they, they can't, they can get out of the sewer system if they're in it, in terms of right. within your unit, but they then can't get back in. Oh. Is that where your rats are coming from? Potentially. Oh, mm. <laughs> Nice. You'll have to move. <laughs> There's nothing for it. You'll have to move. The, uh, in fact, today, as I left to come here, I, there were some electricians doing some work on the uh, communal entry system. And I said to them, he said, oh, I don't know why it stopped working. I said, I think it's the rats have, have chewed through the wiring. And uh, he went, oh, I don't know, I don't know. I said, yeah, we've, sadly, we've got rats. He went, oh, they're everywhere. I was like, yes, that's not what I needed to hear, but thank you. They are in London, though. I know. Everywhere. I know. Absolutely infested. You had 70, didn't you? At least 70 in my executive outdoor shed. 70? Yeah. Producer, just, just look at that shed. Oh, yes. It's not that big. You know, that's not Versailles over here. Don't, don't want to be rude to your shed. Excuse me. That's a shed with inbuilt log storage facility. <laughs> but, they going. were everywhere. I'm never going in your shed. Anyway... Rats like ship's biscuits, so does Hyacinth. I see. Uh, Richard and Hyacinth are still packing. We're a seafaring nation, she says. The sea is in our blood. Yes, the phone rings and it's Rose. That's when she invites Rose and Mr Bartholomew to come along to the yacht. Because Rose wants to borrow a prayer book. <laughs> yes, she does. Which perhaps might be a little too late. Yes. Then we see Richard packing the car, the yes. Rover 216. Loading the car up with the bits and bobs... Elizabeth comes out, and then, before our very eyes, for the first time, we get to, to witness the spectacle <laughs> that is sailing Hyacinth. And she appears from the front door, dressed as a little sailor. Yes, it's lovely, and, and there's a lovely sort of look of disgust at Richard as she walks past, uh, because Richard is, of course, not in the, the correct uniform, uh, and then is piped on board. Uh, which I quite like. Richard gets it back and pipes pipes Hyacinth on board the car. Uh, she has, of course, just reiterated the invitation to Elizabeth for drinks and nautical buffet. And then as they drive off and they get a little bit down the road and we, we need to make sure that number 32... Number 32, 35 yeah. the other day, now it's 32. No, it's 32. ...needs to get a good view of the hat. They stop the car in the middle of their road. Yeah. And they get out... To wave. And to wave. Yeah. Because Liz, of course, will still be standing in the street. Elizabeth's gone in, says Richard. Yes, but they don't know that in number 32, she says. But just imagine when you next go on holiday and you're driving, you're driving out the, the drive and you're going down, heading towards Heathrow, Luton, wherever you're flying from. Would you stop the car to wave at your neighbours? <laughs> no, I definitely wouldn't. How much would I have to give you for you to do that next time? <laughs> what, so you can film me? <laughs> Say goodbye with a nautical flavour. <laughs> goodbye. See you on board, dear. Cocktails on, on the, the quarterdeck. Quarter <laughs> <laughs> I text uh, our friend uh, Tom. Oh yes, yes. Part time Tom. Part. <laughs> yes. I text our friend part time Tom, yes. who often does things with boats, and I asked him what a quarterdeck was. And he has absolutely no idea. 
Does he not? No, so there's no expert analysis there. Right. Uh, they then arrive at a men's clothing shop because Hyacinth has decided that Richard is just not suitably attired. Can you remember what clothing shop? It is Dunn oh. & Co. Well done. Dunn & Co. I looked them up. Mm. They were indeed a gentleman's fashion brand that became... They went out of business and they became Ciro Satirio. Oh, Remember Ciro Satirio? Yes. I think many years ago I it's had a... It's a Phil s- Collins song, isn't it? Ciro, <laughs> Ciro Satirio suit, I think. Nice. Yeah. Oh, they are no more. No. Well, with a name like Ciro Satirio, you can't blame them. But it was... Well, I think it was supposed to sound a bit Italian. Mm. A little bit... Uh, a little bit zhuzhy. But the thing is, they there's quite a lot of product placement. Have you noticed? There's I mean, loads of product. How many times do they hold the Dun & Co <laughs> bag so that it's fully visible? Yes. Mm. Mm. The BBC guidelines were different in those days. Yes. Well, yes. it didn't work, clearly. No. And, of course, we have that nice, lovely moment, which I, I, I don't know why. I often think of this quote more than ever when I go into a shop. What have you got for a yacht? <laughs> I don't know why. Just when they come out of the shop, Richard is wearing these uh, hilarious seaman's shorts. Yes. Do you look good in shorts? I don't think I ever do look good in shorts. I resent wearing shorts when I do have to you? wear them. Normally only on holiday. Uh, I don't really look very good in shorts, no. No. And I don't really wear shorts very often. It has to be properly hot. You know, there are some men who wear shorts in all weathers. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Even in the depths of winter, they're in shorts. Chavs. Yeah. A bit funny. Chavs? Mm. Oh, my word. I think so. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say chavs. I mean, I know a few people who wear shorts who aren't chavs, but they just seem to be very robust gentlemen. Oh, fat chavs. No, not fat chavs, William. You're making this much worse. I mean, robust in terms of hardened men. Oh, I'm so sorry. Butch! Maybe they're trying to prove something. (laughs) I don't think English people have the legs for shorts, as we see with Richard. I see. Because, you know, we keep them covered. We don't have tanned legs. He's got Richard's not got bad legs. I mean mm. they're pasty. They are very pasty. They're pasty, but you know, they're not as legs go, they're not bad. Mm. If you say so. Uh Richard and Hyacinth are in the car. He's not happy about wearing his shorts. They arrive at Benson Pleasure Cruises. Yes. Did you look it up? I Benson Marina. It yes. It exists. Yes, just outside of Oxford. And there's a there's a funny clip. You notice the clip as they pull up and you sort of see the sign. Yes, the it's been a bit sped, sped up. up. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I think I could take to cruising. Smell that air. Yeah. <laughs> she goes in to get the keys to their yacht, Contessa 2. Which is at birth. 29. 29. Oh, yes. Uh, they arrive at what they think or what Hyacinth thinks is the correct boat. They passed some other uh, boaty people. I don't know what you call them. Uh, she does, however, which is nice, give the correct Royal Naval salute. Because as you may or may not know, Bucketheads, uh, in the Navy they salute with the palm down, whereas in the Army and the Royal Air Force the palm faces forward. Well, isn't that lovely? Well done. She does get it right. She does. They arrive at this boat that she presumes is the correct boat, and she wants a few photos taken. Yeah, it looks smart enough. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it looks nice. Trouble is, when she tries the keys that she's been given, they just don't fit. No, but there's all that lovely physical comedy with the posing on the boat. Yeah. Where she's she's leaning. I will often find a railing and pose like so. I think there are a range of photos inspired. Nobody gets that reference, uh, but I get it in my head. She wants it for the Christmas card. A Christmas card, of course, that if you were sent, you would not display. You'd just chuck in the bin. I would throw it straight in the bin. Still not over it. Um, she says, oh, they must have given us the wrong key. 
So she tells Richard he's got to go back to the office and get the correct key. Richard, in the meantime, uh, twigs by looking at the back of the boat that, in fact, it's not the wrong key, it's the wrong boat. Oh. Oh! Who's that on the phone? I'd better get it. It's probably Sheridan. We'll be back in a minute. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Welcome back, Bucketheads. It's the last episode of the Luxury Podcast Series 3. We're talking about what to wear when yachting. It's full steam ahead, Richard! Richard and Hyacinth have just realised that the boat they thought was the correct boat is in fact not the correct boat. So there must be another boat in berth 29. And they go looking for it, they turn around, and in the words of Harold Snowed, it's the nautical version of Onslow's clapped out old banger. It's hilarious, this manky little boat next to this beautiful big boat that they've just been on. And, of course, Hyacinth, when she sees it, is crestfallen. And they show the, 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 the hull, is that the correct nautical term, the back of the boat with the, with the ship's name yeah. 
which is Contessa 2, but they've got two, and again, little etiquette fact, I know you love them. Um, <laughs> they've got it written in numerals, whereas for boats, it should be numbers. So let's take the QE2, which of course has a bit of a, a, a keep of appearances flavour in a later episode. That is the Queen Elizabeth 2, the number, whereas the, the monarch is QE2, numerals. People have numerals, boats have numbers, if you want to know. Isn't this fascinating? Yes, and actually with the QE2, and I'll probably repeat this when we get to that episode, um, you know the QE2 was not meant to be called the QE2. What was it? Do you know one of my favourite stories about our late Queen? She went to go and christen it, and how Cunard did their boats was you had the Queen Mary, the Queen Elizabeth, and possibly at the time they had the Queen Victoria. Maybe that came later. And once the Queen Elizabeth, and there was a Queen Elizabeth, got taken out of service, that no longer was going to be referred to as the Queen Elizabeth. The new boat, which was latterly known as the QE2, got produced but that was just going to be called the queen elizabeth now at the time our queen had just uh, ascended to the throne and her mother the queen mother was getting still quite a lot of she was sort of the queen was getting a lot of the attention so we don't know to this day but basically our late queen either made a mistake when she went i named this ship queen elizabeth ii and thought oh well it's obviously just named after me i didn't really know what she was doing she was so new in the job or she thought, no, you'll bloody well name this boat after me. And so thus, it was then called the QE2. Wow. But it was never meant to be. Wow. Fun little fact. Gosh. Mic drop. Fantastic. Yeah. They have found this manky little boat, Contessa 2, and Hyacinth, of course, being completely crushed at how embarrassing mm. it's going to be for her nautical buffet. I mean, how is she supposed to hold a nautical buffet and soiree on that little boat? So they decide that maybe it would be a good idea, maybe it would look better if they moved the boat so it wasn't next to the big luxury boat. I can see the logic. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's all about appearances. You'd have to move it quite a long way, <laughs> to be perfectly honest. But they thought maybe that would solve the problem. And this is where the brilliant physical comedy begins. I would love to have seen what the script actually said for this and how much was improvised or how much was planned. My favourite bit, actually probably even funnier than the bit later on, is where Hyacinth goes over the boat, not over into the... No, she's, she's kind of Hangs. dangling over the front. Because that is her. Yes, that, it is. They had to do that with her. You can't yeah. cheat that with anyone else. No, that's right. Although, clearly, there were stuntmen and women used for the other parts of this scene. Yes, indeed. But not at this stage. No. So, um, Richard is on the boat and he's kind of drifted off and Hyacinth wants him to come back because he started drifting off in this boat. So he brings the boat over to the to the bank mm. and obviously he's got off and Hyacinth wants to get on, but there's no plank for her to walk across. No. So she uses Richard as her plank, which involves her stepping on him, including squashing his bottom. <laughs> the very ungainly way. Poor Richard. <laughs> Absolutely. Trouble is, she then gets on the boat and Richard is, slips. He's yes. He, he slips and off she goes out to sea. She's off on her own. Um, and she's starting to drift down the river in the boat. <laughs> and Richard, really thinking, oh, I can't be bothered here. Don't forget to write. Yeah. So Hyacinth decides that the only way to stop the boat is for her to throw... Well, actually, I think Richard suggests it. He has to, she has to throw the, the rope yes. to him. He's running along the towpath trying to stop the boat. And in the process, he gets dragged into the water. You can see it coming. <laughs> you, you certainly can. <laughs> but in he goes. And that 
is where the really funny part starts. <laughs> because, of course, he's now in the boat. He's trying to clamber up onto the back of the boat. And she says, Richard, look at your jersey. And I don't know what it is about that. But I just, the, the fact that out of everything that's just gone wrong, she's more worried about his jersey. <laughs> well, they've gone to all that effort to get it. His serviceable seafaring jersey is completely soaked in the river at Oxford. Now, just look at your jersey. We should say on, your, on one of your radio uh, programmes, Treasure Quest, often if there is a person called Richard that you then have to speak to, <laughs> you do, with no context whatsoever, just break into that quote. Richard, look at your jersey. And I always enjoy the slight sort of, <laughs> from the <laughs> as they have no idea what you're on about yes um as she tries to help get him on the boat <laughs> she then flies off the other side of the boat and she falls in so we've now got both of them i mean this boat mm. is now floating down the river completely unmanned oh, i hadn't thought of that you've got richard and hyacinth both in the water <laughs> i mean how dangerous yeah and it's actually quite dangerous when Richard's hanging on the back before Hyacinth goes off. I mean, they do turn it off. Yeah. But, you know, underneath there's a oh, yes. big old propeller. Oh, very dangerous. Now, we're never quite sure how they get the boat back, if they got no. it back at all. I mean, it might still be floating down the river now. To be fair, it's an old relic. So <laughs> Who cares? who's going to exactly. miss it? It's probably sunk. But Elizabeth and Emmett have arrived, I presume, for the nautical buffet. Elizabeth looking, I mean, we see her earlier, but, you know, actually Elizabeth kind of looks a bit like Hyacinth in that she's sort of taken the theme to the extreme. Yes. It's all a bit Gilbert and Sullivan nautical themed. Bless her. Um, and as they're standing there waiting, you hear the squelching. And as the squelching gets louder, suddenly, who appears a completely soaked through to the pants, <laughs> Richard and Hyacinth, um, it's just hilarious. Do you think they just hosed them down? Uh, yes, they must have absolutely drenched them. I'd have loved to do that. Drenched them. That's so funny. And the episode ends with the fact that obviously the nautical buffet's off, so they're all going home to get fish and chips. We're all going home, Richard, and we'll buy some fish and chips. What a wonderful, wonderful episode of this classic comedy. It's definitely one to show people if they don't know anything about keeping up appearances. Before we round up Series 3 and the episodes in Series 3, let's see how much we were watching. What is the name of the yacht Richard and Hyacinth thought they were getting on? The posh yacht. I know this. I know this too. It's the Admiral Benson. It's the Benson Admiral. Oh! Who's correct? Two. Yes, two. <laughs> <laughs> It's the Benson. Oh. We'll, we'll have half a point each. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, magnanimous. A um, couple of things. Yes. Favourite episode of Series 3. Least, I think we know that one. And least favourite episode of Series 3. I'll go first with my least favourite. I think it's episode one. The Half a Camel episode. It's a bit of a... Mm, it's a non-event. Richard's got early retirement. They're trying to force him into early retirement. We have that sort of rather awkward scene. I don't love it. I'm with you. Yeah. And I think we're in agreement on the best as well. What's your second best? Oh, well, I would say my second best is probably episode five. Yes. I, I, th I think that agree. is a bit for the physical comedy. So we're in complete agreement on this. Series. Yes. And not because we can't remember what happened in two, three or four. <laughs> <laughs> now, if you um, want... Well, no, no. What? Don't what? peek too soon. We need to have an update on Rose's men. Oh. How many men do you think we've had in series three? 
Well, I have a sneaky feeling you've probably kept a tally. Of course. Right. Eight. No. She has had her, to date, most celibate series. Oh. She's only had five. Five. Roger, Edgar, Boris, who comes back from series two, Mr Finchley and Mr Bartholomew. There you go. Well done, Rose. It was a year of drought for poor Rose on the man front. If you want to keep up with the bouquets, you can now listen back to William and me chatting through every episode of series one, two and three. We'll be back very soon with the next series. Remember, in the meantime, we're always in need of your help to let other people into the world of Hyacinth Bouquet and our luxury podcast, Only Quality People, Only the Finest People. So if you wouldn't mind terribly inviting them over for a cup of aromatic nut-roasted special or maybe a nautical buffet and instructing them to listen, well, we'd be frightfully grateful. In the meantime... Don't forget to write! Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. How would you like to look 5 years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking 5 years younger at 6 months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.